Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Hello, ladies and、uh, gentlemen, and welcome to this episode of Another Digital Citizen with me, Fro and Luke. Hi, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I all of a sudden have come become sixteen again. It, is that how you sounded when you were sixteen? I have a feeling that's not how you sounded when you were sixteen.、Yeah. But <laughs> it's close. It's close enough. Maybe when you were like ten. But even then, I, I feel、yeah. I have a feeling that Fro had like a deep voice when he was ten. But maybe that's just、oh. me. Yeah, no,、uh, it, it's it's kind of weird.、Uh, my voice. It's like. It does magic. <laughs> I can do magic with my my voice. It's the only thing I can do magic with. I'm a very bad magician, otherwise, but I can do it with my voice. All of a sudden, you can have Elmo here,、uh, like. Hello, <laughs> Elmo is here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's just me. Yeah. It's just me. Yeah. It's me. That's me in the corner. Uh, how are you? Good.、Uh, I guess. I mean, it was a kind of a not a great week, to be honest. A few days were kind、oh. of annoying,、uh, but the weather was nice, I guess. So I got to look at things on the positive side. I I don't know. It,、uh, some bad things happened this week,、uh, and you just kind of got to move on. At least that's how I'm feeling right now. Can we talk a little about the bad things? Do you mind? Uh, I mean, yeah. The biggest thing was、uh, an ant. I had an animal die. I don't really want to go too much into it, but it was hard because I had to be there as the animal was dying, and then that's always tough because you have to like kind of deal with it, and the image of that is now stuck in my head for the rest of my life. So,、uh, yeah, <laughs> that wasn't great. But、uh, you just kind of have to move on from things, right? Can I throw out the statement that I think Luke is、uh, maybe the ones, one of the most caring people I know of when it comes to animals. I I mean yeah I just have a connection to animals kind of like I yeah I can be around any kind of animal and kind of get、uh, attached I guess so. I I see your shit the week and I I trump it with my trump card of the week, <laughs> but、uh, I、um, on my side it has nothing to do with、uh, the the this the most the most the most Jesus Christ I can't speak、uh, animals you have inside what do you call it the domestic domestic domestic、animals? sure pets Do- pet, right yeah domestic animal yeah. But、uh, on on my side of things, I can't really talk about it. But but yeah, no, I I see your bad week and trump it with mine. I I, don't, I just I think, think I, together we both had a bad week. I, if we we'll just like combine it and be like this was all in all a bad <laughs> week, right? But、yeah. I, and but good things did happen this week also. 
Oh yeah, uh, something in uh, America that was very good. Derek Chauvin was convicted of murder and manslaughter in the George Floyd death. I'm very happy about it. Yeah, this was, I mean, it was super happy day yesterday for sure. I mean, everybody around me uh, was talking about it. Everybody kind of felt relieved because this has kind of been hanging over the our heads in America for a while. But Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all counts Tuesday of causing George Floyd's death, a verdict that could send the disgraced uh, police officer to prison for the rest of his life. Uh, Chauvin, who was convicted of second and third degree murder, as well as second degree manslaughter, uh, was ordered his he his order of bail was revoked and complacent complainant placed uh, his hands in handcuffs before he was led out of the courtroom. So yeah, he's he's in jail. Is it fair to say that this is maybe one of the most important? Um, uh, trials in a very long time? Um, it felt like, at least in America, watching it, I don't, I can't think of a trial that was this much, uh, wa like, watched as far as, like, eyeballs on, on television screens since maybe the OJ trial. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say it, that it, it, it has some resemblance to the OJ trial when it comes to media circus and the people following it. I mean, just in my lifetime, that doesn't mean it. I mean, I'm sure there's other examples well, that I'm not thinking of, but like in my lifetime, I remember in I was in middle school when that happened, and I, I remember yeah. them pulling us out of class uh, to watch that. Um, in like sixth or seventh grade, them being like, you can either stay in class and work, or every all the teachers and everybody else is going to be in the library, and they set up a s screen. So, I just remember th that was such a big deal, and this is like on the same level for sure. Um, I do feel like this is, it's not, it's the beginning of the end. You know what I mean? Like people want to treat like this is like okay now racism is gone because this one right. cop went to jail. That's not true. Um, and a lot other people want to act like all of this started with when George Floyd died, which is also not true. You know, racism didn't right. start when George Floyd died. This has been around for a long time and it's not going it, to, this one trial isn't going to fix everything. You know what I mean? No, I totally agree. I, I think it, uh, uh, it is what I would uh, clarify as one step in the right direction right yeah yeah that's kind of like how i look at it but uh, for me i i mean i as as a norwegian that is very interested in like politics and things like that like norwegian media was kind of like silent about it but it was very very fun to uh, or an interesting to follow american news media this week i think it was very like uh, one of the most interesting uh, times we have had in 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 media uh, in forever. Yeah, I, I feel like um, a lot of people just get understanding this, I guess, and um, mm -hmm. I feel like I I feel like if people were, had been following this since like the Michael Brown 
protests in 2015, mm-hmm. if that trial would have gone a different way, would people have felt the same way they do now about this trial or not? Because no, that was treated no. so much different than this. And I don't feel like it was yeah. all that much different. Um, I agree. Yeah. I, like I was saying, it's just, this isn't the, be- this isn't the beginning, you know, this is the middle. Uh, it's the, might be the beginning of the end. Hopefully that's what we're hoping for. I, I just feel happy for everybody that, uh, got justice. I feel happy for the, city that um the night after everything was peaceful and everybody just was celebrating that made me happy i mean yesterday all in all just made me happy as like just a person as an american and everything yeah i i I mean it felt like the justice system kind of got something wrong no so something sorry right for once that is also like it, it brings back like um, trust in in justice system in in a way that uh, have been missing since the OJ trial almost. Uh, another thing that I who is pointing it? I was watching. I mean, I've watched so many YouTube videos about this in the last two days. But somebody was pointing out uh, if this one girl hadn't have filmed this with her phone, and you know what I mean, and everybody had seen that mm. video, uh, I fit. I feel like this could have gone an opposite way. If that if that phone yeah. cell phone video didn't exist, would this have gone yeah. the way of all these other nope. cases that we've seen? And it's nope. just that that one little thing, that one little cell phone yeah. video. So if, I, I guess like the most important thing out of this whole thing is like if you see something, video it or document yeah. it. You know what I mean? If you're out there on the street and you see somebody doing something that you think is wrong, just mm. video it. Yeah. Mm. You know, it, it proves that uh, we are in a in a world where, sadly, people of of uh, <laughs> I was almost going to say the normal race that isn't police have to justify it uh, is justifiably right about going around filming police encounters. Uh, 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 it seems like that is uh, the way of going from now on. Yeah, and. The biggest problem is that um, certain places have tried in the past, and I'm sure we'll try in the future to to stop that, to make it illegal for citizens to film the police and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that that's another thing we have to watch out for and fight against is uh, trying to stop people from keeping the police accountable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Uh, but yeah, no. all in all, I am very, very happy. Uh Let's go to Russia. Um, Russian bounty story files apart after being used to slam Trump administration. Hmm. It's almost like we heard something about this before. Right. Remember when we talked about this last summer about the the Russian government was paying bounties to the Taliban yep. to kill U.S. troops? And at the time, I, I even remember going through it and being like, this is fake. <laughs> this isn't yeah. real. This is clearly not real. We have... There's no evidence that it's true, and it's being propagated by the CIA. Well, the credibility of last summer's bombshell report against the Russian government paying bounties to Taliban fighters and U.S. troops in Afghanistan 
uh, took a hit this week when senior Biden administration officials told reporters that they have low to moderate confidence in the story. The intelligence was based on an unreliable detainee reporting, the official said, meaning it came from uh, militants looking to get out of jail. News from alleged bounties was first reported by the New York Times. Uh, media outlets across the country rushed to find their own anonymous sources to confirm the story. Uh, President Trump at the time called it fake news and a hoax. Uh, he denied being briefed on it. Democrats, though, jumped on the report and used it to attack him in the run-up to the 2020 election. Joe yeah. Biden said Trump's entire presidency has been a gift to Putin, uh, and this is beyond the pale, is what he said at the time. <laughs> yeah. It says, but the evidence behind these bounties was always weak. There was no definite link to the deaths of any U.S. troops. In September, NBC interviewed uh, Frank McKenzie, a general uh, and commander of the U.S. Central Command, who said a a detailed review of the available intelligence was not able to corroborate any existence of a Russian program offering bounties. Right. Mm, What a shock. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not surprised by this at all. I think uh, anybody that follows our program is uh, aware of that we are kind of like uh, negative to all information that proves that Russia has done anything bad. <laughs> I, I don't think you understand the severity of the implications of this story from so let let me kind of break it down for you the reason this happened the russian bounty story this happened a week after in the new york times it came out a week after trump said he was going to get out of afghanistan you remember this Mm, and then trump never ended up getting out out of it what happened last week fro uh biden wanted to go out of uh Afghanistan. afghanistan Yeah. But it would be a little hypocritical, hypocritical of him to do th- to do that for Biden to get out of Afghanistan if this story from the Trump administration about these Russian bounties was true. That would be hypocritical yes. of Biden to do that. But if it wasn't true, Fro, then it would no longer be hypocritical. Correct? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So to justify his own r- bringing troops out of Afghanistan the government agencies are now saying under Biden that this is, isn't true. Even though under mm-hmm. Trump, when they wanted to get out of Afghanistan, it was true. That is the implication of this story to me. I don't know. What do you think about that? Are you shocked? <laughs> no, we, we knew the story was a lie. We reported yeah. that it was a lie at the time. Yeah. I'm not shocked. Yeah. It's just the blatancy of them to be like, Oh, now it's now it's fine. Before it wasn't. Now it is because it's we're on this side of the aisle. Where if you're on the sure. other, right? I guess so. And it, it takes it, away it, trust of like media agencies. New York Times. Like, how much do I trust the New York Times now? I'm as before, like a little less. Yeah, <laughs> a little less. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't trust them that much to begin with, so it's a hard to go no. further down, right? I was just going to say that because, uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah. Um, talking about Russia and things like that, I'm, I'm going to bet they are very, 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 very happy that Norway is 
uh, allowing U.S. military to build on its soil, on our soil near the border. I'm so sure Russia loves that. Yeah, you want me to go into this? Yeah, please. Norway, which shares a border with Russia. Mm -hmm. A tiny border, but it definitely shares a border. It does. Uh, Said on Friday, it has signed a revised agreement with the United States to regulate U.S. military activity on its soil. The agreement between two NATO allies will let the U.S. build facilities at three Norwegian air, air... will build facilities at three airfields and one naval base, but will not amount to separate bases, the government said. So they're just going to be building on, like, adding on to your bases, right? Yeah, I don't know if that's kind of uh, better than than having their own, because it kind of says, in a way that, uh, at least in my eyes, uh, that we're kind of allowing... Uh, foreign military into our uh, military bases. I mean, we're funding it. Is basically what it comes down to. Is like, yeah, I understand. Yeah, it. yeah, funding it, but 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 you're still on our base. We're funding your base. That's my point. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Uh, the deal made by minority government uh, Ernest Sundberg uh, must be ratified by Norwegian's parliament before going into force. Okay. Uh, relations between Norway and Russia, which share an Arctic border, border uh, were improving post-Cold War area before suffer, suffering a setback uh, about the annexing of Crimea in 2014. That's like the big talking point is the Crimea thing in 2014. Like that's... Oh, definitely. Every, like I've seen a lot of talk about that in the last two weeks. Yeah. And I and I understand it's an awful thing to do. It's something I definitely don't support. Russia should have done, uh, and I I think it is uh, on the border of criminal to do something like it. But uh, I think this is worse, <laughs> like allowing a foreign, uh, even if it's an ally, to build a, a base on our base. I think it's awful. Awful, uh, it, and I would. It, the it, thing is, I would be against it if it was Sweden or Denmark or any other country as uh, well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't really matter that it's it's a, a, an American base. I, I think it does a little bit because America sure. is so um, forward with, and I think that that's what kind of is the worst part about it is is that it does inflame tensions between mm-hmm. your country and a country that's literally right next door. And it's not like you guys have a huge problem with each other. It's America and yeah. Russia, and we're using you as kind of a, uh, not a scapegoat, but, you know, you're the in-between. You're the, uh, you're, you're right there. You're literally right there. Yeah. So if something goes wrong, America's not going to get hurt first. It's going to be Norway, even though it's America's fault, right? And so the inflamed tensions, I think, is the worst part. I agree, but it uh, it gives me the creeps that uh, uh, Norway is allowing this because it it I just think it it it, it proves once and for all that we are United States lackeys. La- lackeys, yeah. right? Lackeys, no, but I think yeah. it also has to do with the fact that of who you're who's in charge of your government currently. You know sure. what I mean? So yeah. yeah. 
Jason Max News. Uh, judge rejects Ghislaine Maxwell's bid to dismiss charges that she recruited underage girls. Uh, the judge on Friday rejected the arguments to toss charges that she recru- recruited three teenage girls from 94 to 97 uh, for Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, the U.S. judge in Manhattan denied claims that a non-prosecution agreement was reached with fe- federal prosecutors dozens of years ago, uh, which pro- which Maxwell says protected her from prosecution. So remember that whole deal in Florida... Uh, that they were trying to get, they were tr- they're trying to say like we made a deal to already protect her from all these charges. Uh, the judges mm. tossed that out and said this is bullshit, which is mm. great news. Um, because that was kind of the biggest o- obstacle that we had seen at least uh, to any yeah. kind of yeah. prosecution against her. So this is, I mean, this is definitely moving the whole thing ahead. Uh, we're still waiting on a trial, like. I, remember the Little Nas X Nike trial? I do, yeah. That was over in less than a week, but for some reason this uh, has been going on for <laughs> like a year. So, Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it's strange that it's taking this much time. It seems like it's going to be uh, pretty easy. Well, I mean, the thing, one thing her, we've talked about before yeah. is her lawyers are definitely trying to stall the case, number one. Oh, definitely. And yes. number two... Uh, we, I think it was a le- a, mm, less than a month ago, they added new charges. So that also added time to it. So, mm. Right. But, it's, yeah, no, it, it, it is kind of sad that it's taking this much time because uh, uh, the more time it, it takes, the more hard it is to get a, a fair trial, it seems like. And I've... And- Public opinion is important, I mean, in any kind of trial, and if people forget it about it uh, because it's been so long uh, mm-hmm. and people aren't paying attention, then uh, the court can be l- a little more lenient, which I don't feel like they should be on her, so. I agree. Uh, what do you think is going, do you think she's finally going to say something? Uh, about episode or in, in all of this, uh, is she going to give give them names? No, she's um, she's blocked everything uh, to the point where some of the stuff that we thought was going to come out. Remember, we had reported that there was they were trying to block release of documents. Well, e- even after that, the judge blocked certain things in those documents because of her. Her lawyers said that these were too too much personal information. Because she's not technically convicted yet, uh, that information could have hurt her. So, like, yeah, her, her lawyers and her are blocking as much information as they can from getting out. Then we go back to Russia, because guess what? Uh, Macron, uh, France uh, Prime Minister, says uh, that they need to have clear red lines uh, that should be drawn with Russia. Clear red lines. What does he mean about that? Uh, the thing about Emmanuel Macron, he's kind of been a, an in, he's kind of been someone who's been, uh, I wouldn't say pro-Russia, but he's been, he's defended Russia against a lot of the attacks that we've seen that seemed ridiculous. Um, and so now world powers, he's saying world powers should draw clear red lines with Russia and consider sanctions, uh, when these red lines are crossed, Emmanuel Macron said, this is the only way to 
to stay credible on the world stage, uh, according to video excerpts of an interview which was recorded last Friday on CBS here in America. Mm. Since 2017, the French leader has tried to reduce the distrust between Russia and and the the West, uh, hoping to enlist Moscow to help solve some of the world's problems. So, uh, he's one of those people that was on... He was on the fence, I guess you could say, and now he's he's moving away. He's he's hopped off the fence, I guess, right? Yeah, well, it feels like he's kind of lurking with the United States there. Uh, do you know why? Why? No, do you know why? Well, was, uh, he, I, I always, <laughs> I always thought Macron was kind of the hand-picked American person from the time originally when he originally got elected. So. Oh, really? Well, when Macron got elected, the person who was leading was a, a socialist. And then Macron kind of came out of nowhere and was propped mm. up by the United States as like, oh, this is our guy. This is our neoliberal guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ended up overtaking the socialist who was winning over the right wing person. Uh, and that's how he ended up in there. So I've always kind of seen as Macron as kind of a... I don't know, U.S. lackey or whatever. Yeah, that's what I like to call it. When people shiver for you in in front of your American feet. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I understand it because uh, America is such a powerhouse, but uh, it, it can be somewhat frustrating to, to a certain degree. I, I think one thing is like, like you said earlier, people, or I think you said it last week, is like people might see us as like pro-Russia or like we're mm-hmm. we're like anti-American or pro-Russia or whatever. But really, like at least for me, and I don't want to speak for you, but I think I'm speaking for Fro. We're just anti-World War Three. We're anti-war. Yeah. And being anti-war yeah. doesn't make you pro-Russia or pro this or anti that. It's just we don't want anybody murdering each other. Is that I don't. I don't. I feel like that shouldn't be like a controversial stance, but for some reason it is. <laughs> it is very controversial for some freaking reason. I don't understand why, but it is. Right. You know that's very controversial. We don't like war. Oh no, you <laughs> sub liberals. Right, you Arr. soy boy. <laughs> I'm sure you do yoga. <laughs> oh, we don't do yoga because we are Christians, me and Luke. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait we're not. Uh, and no. I, I think the last time I did yoga was when I played Wii Fit, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Back in 1994. Uh, yeah, but yoga can leave you injured, psychotic, and Hindu. So, don't do it, Luke. It'll leave you Hindu. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Gray, Gray, a state lawmaker in Alabama who has been practicing yoga for years, initially as a workout after college football matches and later as a means of instilling virtues, uh, now uh, needs all the patience he can get to overturn a 28-year ban on yoga in public schools in Alabama. Wow. Gray is preparing to present a bill to Alabama sen- Senate that would allow public schools and students to engage in yoga during gym classes for the first time in three decades. Uh, lifting the ban was approved by the State House representative in March, 
But the closer Gray's vision comes to fruition, the more it draws fire from en enemies. The main hurdle uh, lies with reformed Christian conservative groups who argue that the mere act of allowing yoga into classrooms will expose uh, a risk of converting children to Hinduism, fro. Yoga, <laughs> yoga is a big part of a Hindu religion, and if this bill passes, then instructors will be able to come into classrooms as young as kindergarten and bring these children through guided imaginary oh, imagery which, with a spiritual exercise, the director of uh, Alabama Eagle told state senators, okay? Promoting Hinduism argument is the only talking point these conservative groups had, uh, Grace said. Um, I, I find that a little funny. Uh, Christian lawyers who take on the legal issues about anti-abortion or anti-gay marriage uh, have produced a fact sheet claiming to prove that yoga cannot be separated from its roots in the Hindu religion. Uh, the document says <laughs> yoga can be dangerous, cause injuries, death from stroke, and even psychotic episodes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And also you become Hindu for some reason. I, I think that the thing here is like they're basing it from their Christian standpoint. We don't want people to be taken away from Christianity because like if you if you're not Christian, you're 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 with the devil, right? According to these people. So right. teaching yoga is basically like teaching Satanism in their minds. I think it's like the connection. It reminds me of those like stupid Westerns, like we don't like foreigners in our part of the country. <laughs> the first thing it made me think of is that cult in Australia, the yoga cult that we covered. Oh yes. <laughs> And I was like, maybe they kind of actually do have a point, but no, no, they're just crazy Christians. That's all it is. <laughs> I, I totally forgot that crazy, weird cult. I wonder which episode that was. I don't even remember what the called. name. I think it was called the Family. I think it was called the Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, we have talked about UFOs before. Well, I'm probably going to bet that we talk about it uh, again and again and again. Uh, it's something you and me love to talk about. I think both of you, me and you hope for intelligent uh, life on other planets when we can't find it on this planet. Uh, I also so, think it's just interesting co content. <laughs> and so we, yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely. But the Pentagon confirms try uh Triangular UFO video is real, and it is taken by the Navy. This is so cool. There's like video uh, of a flashing triangle-shaped object that flew over a U.S. warship is real, the Pentagon said, after USO investigators released, released the clip. Uh, the photo and videos were d distributed by a filmmaker, Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp. Uh, Las Vegas-based reporter who has covered UFO stories for at, for decades. The leak includes oh, cool. a night vision video at sea and a series of grainy infrared images. Okay. So we have yeah. this video right up there, Fro. Uh, I can uh, see it. It doesn't like my ad blocker, but okay. G give me a countdown. <laughs> In three, two, one, play. 
That is definitely oh. night vision. Oh, definitely. Okay, we're zooming in, kind of. I can see a flashing thing. Yeah. It's not flat. Like, you know how airplanes have, like, lights on the side and they... Mm -hmm. On their wings? This is not like that. It doesn't look like an airplane no. wing. It's not really even flashing in, like, a, a steady. It's not like, boop, boop, boop. It's kind of, like, at random, you know what I mean? But it's super cool. I kind of wonder whether the info... If, if it's flashing because of the infrared or whether it's... Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. What do you think about that? I mean, it's... It, it isn't that clear. It's not like you can see an alien waving out of the window or anything, but... Well, if we look at it carefully, I'm sure we can. <laughs> <laughs> it's big, it's just the... Bigfoot up there, like, waving. He's, like, flying around. Yeah, it's too bad we didn't talk about this yesterday, because then I could say that it's because you're smoking something. Oh, happy belated 420, everybody. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, no. I think I think it's super cool. I mean, it's 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 uh, cool. Uh, what I find cool about it is more that uh, they confirmed it than the footage itself. I, I I guess that's true. It was filmed by the Navy and confirmed by the yeah. Pentagon. But it again comes yeah. back to the like the whole Project Blue Blue Be Blue Book Blue Beam. Blue Book. Blue beam, Blue yes. right? The one where it's what? kind of like, uh, yeah. is it all just a hoax by the government to trick us into thinking mm -hmm. aliens are real to kind of mess with us? I don't know. Why do they have to call every like things the same? Blue, probably Blue to confuse the shit out of people. Yeah, yeah, maybe not. Hey, uh, I want to wish uh, our uh, good friend uh, Trum happy birthday. Oh yeah, happy Late birthday. birthday. Yeah. He talks about it in his uh, Trum Tells the Truth this week. Uh, how he has had his uh, birthday. So let's listen to that. And uh, Trum is going to tell the truth about I will never grow old. Hello, this is Trum the Trum Tells the Truth. While I'm reading this, I have my birthday. Yes, I am now 46 years old. That means I'm old. Or like I say, just older than I was last year. This is my second birthday in quarantine. And I think it's a lot of people have the same problem. So what have I done? What shall I do? What will become of me in the future? What can I gonna be when I finally become an adult I still don't have a fucking clue but some people say I should be milder over the years no I'm not and some people say you shouldn't be that angry anger is for the people in their teens or in their 20s who have something to be angry about and haven't seen a lot of the world I do not agree many of the same problems still exist racism still exists environmental problems still exist, greed still exists, and poverty still exists. And that's that those issues and many more issues haven't been solved. Haven't been solved? I'm still angry. Because this is 2021 and we shouldn't have this shit. I can say a lot of other terms too. Sexism. Equal pay. 
and etc 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 the list going on and on and on issues i was fighting for when i started politics when i was 17 are unfortunately issues i still have to fight for when i'm 46 and that is really fucking weird i hope for the next generation for future generation like the problems you're fighting for now are not things you have to fight for when you became older because that would be fucking shit but over the years something has changed when i was 17 we didn't have gay marriage in norway i'm 46 they have being gay is much more easier now than it was but it's still hard in many places and people still being harassed so we still have a way to go but things what i meant by it is things are changing the fight uh, a lot of people did before us and still are doing now was worth it so things can change things can get better i don't know what i hope for next year i hope for more progressive thoughts i see the green party now can be the leading party in germany think about that huh the traditional left gone the conservatives put on the scrapyard and the greens are coming for people who feel well, the third way in politics well things like that is good news they're happening a lot of other places too this year in september we have an election in norway and the green party can be a very strong party there are still haters of the right and haters of the traditional left and so on but assholes like that just did me more turned on to work for a better green future i'm 46 now but i'm still gonna have this segment for many many years i'm still gonna piss people off for many many years i'm not dead yet i'm not halfway there this was tron with tron tells the news or tron tells the truth or tron's tell you a jolly good message go have a nice day drink beer get high and fuck this was Tron. Have a nice day. TV. I have seen a lot of TV this week because uh, I saw wrestling last week. But holy shit, I've seen a lot of TV. Uh, let's start with Snubber Cash uh, that you saw uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you liked it, right? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't like yeah. the most amazing. It's not like something I would be like, you have to see this, but it's good. No, it was... Uh, I I was a little surprised of how good it was, to be honest. I was like, oh, I like the movies. Don't get get me wrong, but it was just like, oh, really? Good con consultation of the movies. Right. If you haven't seen the movies, I would recommend that. So that you. that might have been the problem for me is that I didn't ever see the movies. I I think I gave it a five yeah. last week, but I watched more of it. I probably I'd probably give it a six point five. You know, it's not yeah, like I way up there, but it but it's good. The acting's yeah. really good, right? Yeah, I gave it a seven. Uh, inspired by the Aaron Brockovich story, I also saw Rebel. You didn't seem to like that. I think it is one of the best um, acted uh, uh, TV shows in this genre. Uh, I think Katy Segel does an amazingly good job in mm -hmm. it. Uh, 
and I really liked her role on it. I've seen two episodes. I I would give it a six point five. Yeah, I don't remember what I gave it. I I mean, it was I. It just felt network TV. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think it's better. It's one of the best network TV shows out there. Six point five. Okay, I saw Sasquatch. Uh, documentary on what? This was on Hulu. Yep. Um, and it, you would think it would be about Bigfoot, right? That would make sense, it's, but kind, yeah. it's kind of about Bigfoot, but it's not. It's about a, mur- <laughs> a murder. It's a, a yes. documentary about, you know, a crime that happened in Humboldt County in California, like in mm-hmm. on a weed farm, like in the 90s. And this guy remembers hearing it like a story about it when it happened and he's he's whatever 20 i think 20 or 30 years later he uh remembers this story and now he happens to be an investigative journalist so he's like maybe i should like investigate that story that i heard 25 years ago uh that part of it i really really like and i think the way the documentary is put together is really cool what did you think about the animation and things like that yeah, I really like the animation style, actually. Uh, I think this is uh, a show where I went in a little too hot, thinking it would be about the Sasquatch and people like finding uh, mystical okay. beings and things like that. So I was like, like a little like, whoa, okay, this is not what I really were here to see. But I didn't mind it. Uh, it, it was... It it was a good documentary about a case I have never ever heard about. Have you heard about this before? Well, no. This is a very small. Like the the thing about it is like the, it. This was just a very small thing that only this guy had ever heard about. So no, nobody mm-hmm. had heard about it but this guy. That was the kind of the point of the documentary. So no. Uh, have I heard about murders in that part of California in that very same similar way? Yeah, that happens all the time there. Um, oh really? Oh yeah, that's not like it's that's still happening there um, mm. for sure. This is a, just an interesting case because they the murder was blamed on Bigfoot uh, or Sasquatch, and so that made the story really interesting. Is that these mm. people were claiming that three people were killed by Bigfoot? Um, the other thing is. Is this guy Quentin Tarantino's brother? I'm not really sure, but they look very similar. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, overall, I gave this an uh, I gave it an eight. I really like the storytelling. The one thing yeah. about it is this guy's a great storyteller, right? Yeah, and that makes it a- makes it good. Um, yeah. It also kind of goes into like how he investigated it more than other documentaries will be like, here's the information and lay it out, but they won't tell you how they got the information. This, he really like yeah. lays out as an investigative journalist, I'm doing this. And then the next step is I'm going to do that. And I really like that about it. So I don't know. What'd you give it? I gave it to 7.5. Cool. The next thing I saw was United States of Al or United States of AI that we thought it was. <laughs> uh, this is about a marine uh, veteran that is struggling to adjust to civilian life in Ohio. Uh, it is not my cup of tea. 
Uh, I thought it was maybe one of the... I didn't like it at all. I'm going to be completely honest. I give it a 3 out of uh, 10. I, I thought it was very, very bad sitcom standard CBS shit. Yeah, what did I give? Let me look back and I'll... Cause I, did I watch this last week or... When no, I watch week this before that. week before that. Um, okay, let me look. Yeah, I remember it, it was just a very bad like American sitcom. It wasn't like yeah. I gave it a five, I guess. I mean, it was like in the middle. Uh, I thought the the main character Al was kind of funny, but every other character yeah. was annoying, right? Uh, definitely. And then I saw uh, this is a robbery, the world's biggest art heist. This is on Netflix. It's a documentary about two thieves that stole a million of dollars of art from Boston's uh, uh, Gar- Gardner Museum, and <laughs> and they are trying to find the art. Did you, have you seen this? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't, heard, I haven't even heard about it. I really recommend this to you. Um, okay. This is one, yeah, this is one of the better Netflix documentary things. I gave it a seven point five actually. Uh, I saw Frank of Ireland, which was on Prime, mm-hmm. I think. Um, it was comedy about a guy from Ireland, uh, Irish guy who he's like a musician. He's kind of like he's a. He's a grown-up man that hasn't grown up, right? I think that's the idea, and it's just kind of a comedy about him trying to live his life and everybody trying to get him to yeah. do things that they want him to do. Uh, can, you get, can you guess what my biggest problem with this show was? What? That the gay, uh, guy was called Frank Maron. Oh, I didn't even remember that. Is that what his name was? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And I was like, is that the Maron from the Maron show? <laughs> I was like... Oh, he's playing a guy called. I mean, yeah. it was fine. I thought it, it was it, good. I it was it. like it made me chuckle. It made me go. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. It didn't make me laugh out loud. I wasn't laughing out loud at this. I was chuckling. It was yeah. a chuckle show. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was like cringe, but it had cringe oh. elements, right? Oh, it was very much pillow. Uh, pillow comedy, as I call it. Okay, uh, I give it a six point five. I thought it was like just above average. It was like, but it, mm-hmm. but not amazing. Um, it's something that like I'd watch two episodes and be like, yeah, that was good. I don't really need to see more. That kind of thing. Yeah, I gave it a six. Uh, then I saw the Nevers. Uh, that is uh, an okay show about Victorian England, London. With a supernatural thing. I don't really understand uh, how this is so woman-hating, but also for some reason... No, man-hating. I mean, sorry. Man-hating. It felt very, very man-hating, this show, uh, for some reason. But also man has the ability to do it. It, it, There was something like that didn't go one plus one is two. The show was trying to tell you one plus one was four. So it was kind of like, what are you really complaining about here? And it was like, yeah, 
oh, men are so awful. Men are have powers, superpowers that are good. But some guys also have superpowers that are good. It's like yeah, the doctor in this was yes. the thing that you're like, wait a second, but what about that guy? What? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, so yeah, no, this was a bad show. I was very, very disappointed in this. I saw two episodes and I'm out of a show that I was very much looking forward to, and I gave the four. All right, let's see something else. I saw WWE. What was it called? Most Wanted Things. Okay. WWE Most. Let me make sure I didn't. Most Wanted Treasures. That's what it was called. Okay. This is a reality show on A and E. Um, okay. and it's starring Stephanie McMahon and Ooh. her husband, Triple Ooh. Ha. Um, <laughs> Triple Ha. Triple Ha. Uh, ha. It, you got to say it because there's more than one of them, so it's Ha. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she... Stephanie, I cannot stand Stephanie McMahon. I don't know. I, I think She's it's... Awful. It's she's the worst. Um, yes. But this show is about like, uh, they take a different wrestler. So this one, the first episode was Mick Foley. Uh, mm-hmm. They take them and they team him up with this guy who's supposedly a historian, but he also happens to be training at the WWE sent like training center also to be a wrestler. <laughs> but they team up to go find memorabilia. That's like in people's collections uh, from that wrestler to bring it back to the WWE because I think weren't they talking about doing like a museum or something? Yeah, right. Yeah, the, the Hall of Fame museum. Yeah. Right. So that's I think that's that's what this is all about. Is like they're this one they go to like these different collectors who have all these big collections of like memorabilia. That that's pretty cool. They go into their house and they talk to them like, how'd you get this much stuff? Where'd you get it? Like that kind of stuff. Um, then they do some background information about the wrestler in each episode. So Mick Foley, they did a, you know, they kept showing the cage match. They kept showing, uh, the first time Cactus Jack came out or things like that. Uh, they reused shots way too much in this show. Uh, overall, I'd probably give it like a 2.5 because, um, it's like American Pickers, but if Stephanie McMahon was... (laughs) Was the girl from American Pickers. Yeah. Well, it's not as bad as the reality show I saw this week called Wall Street with Marky Mark. Okay. Mark Wahlberg. Oh, what a propaganda show. Fucking hell. Uh, Hey, do you feel bad for Mark Wahlberg? No, you say he has millions of dollars and probably is very, very rich and has a private plane. Do you want to see a reality show that's trying to get get you to feel bad for Mark Wahlberg when there's corona in the world? Well, then you should see Wall Street. <laughs> because, holy fuck, this is a big commercial for Mark Wahlberg. And also, feel bad for Mark Wahlberg, Luke, with his millions and millions of dollars sitting in his house thinking about, oh... How do I open Wahlburgers again now that the corona has shut down everything? Oh, how is it going to do with my brand right. uh, in uh, 
<laughs> when 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 the corona is shut down. This is an awful, awful show, and everybody should watch it. I give it a one. But, look, I also saw something other thing that was abysmally bad. I saw Dad stop embarrassing me with Jamie Foxx. Right, yeah, I saw this. <laughs> okay, this is on Netflix. And, holy fuck, this is a bad comedy. I, the worst part is when he breaks the fourth wall and talks to yes. the camera. Um, <laughs> so awful. I, I went into this with a totally open mind of it being like a, <laughs> an all right sitcom, right? Um, but the first time well, you see you see them, there's like this awkward yeah. sex joke about like they're at <laughs> they're at a therapist and she wants to have a threesome with them. Yeah. From the very, like, get-go of this, it's like, this show oh. is awful. But then, when he starts breaking the fourth wall to tell you, like, what's going on, and, like, <laughs> it, uh, in a very, like, weird, oh. like, not funny way, I, I don't know how to, it's, it, 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 none of this works. Nothing in this show works. Um, it is a contender for the worst comedy show I have ever seen, and I have the, seen the big, big show. Was it? This is on the level of the big, big show for sure. I, I gave it. Oh, a, I gave it a one point five, probably. What do you think? I gave it a one. I gave it a one. But it's so really bad. This is definitely it, it, it. There's also some really. There's a terrible joke in here where uh, the grandfather, I think he is, is he's smoking mm. pot in, in like the <laughs> living room, and Jamie Foxx's character is worried that. Uh, the daughter's going to smell it or that she's going to find out that pot exists or something. And then when mm -hmm. the girl comes in, she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to hug grandpa, grandpa because I might get a contact high. Is that how marijuana works? Is if you touch yeah, somebody else's yeah, skin, yeah. it gets you high. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That is how marijuana it can be works. transferred through sweat now, apparently THC. <laughs> what the show. Jesus Christ, I hated it. Like, who wrote that joke? Somebody I, just doesn't understand, like, not only drugs, but physics, apparently. <laughs> you have more? Uh, yeah, what else did I see? Uh, oh, this is the best show for sure I saw this week. Cruel Summer, from? Oh, good. You saw this as well. Cool. What a surprising... I was not expecting this to be as good as it was. I was like, holy Dude. crap. After the first episode, I was like, how did this, how have I not heard about this show like more in like, how have they not promoted this more? You know what I mean? Because like, I hadn't seen I any think, real like commercials for it or anything, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know about you. I, th I think the thing is, uh, it's on Freeform and nobody has heard about Freeform. Yeah. What is Freeform? Never heard of it. In my entire life, I yeah, I I assume it's a channel. Is it a, even a channel or not? No, it might be word. like an app. I'm I really don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, no, this is this is um, I I put down that this is maybe my biggest surprise of uh, so far this year because I had heard nothing about it. It was kind of by mistake I saw it, and I was like. Uh, I, even the synopsis 
sounds extremely boring and trite and stupid uh, because it's like, okay, let me read the synopsis for every people. Cruel Summer follows two women, Katie Willis and the popular girl with a charmed life who one day goes missing, and Jeanette Turner, the nerdy wannabe who is accused of connecting to Kate's the parents, all signs to point Jeanette's guilt. But Katie, uh, really, uh, who uh, is, but is really Katie who she seems to be? Set over three summers and tr- uh, told through a shifting point of view, the series challenge persistent and follows how one girl can go from being the sweet outlander to the most despised person in America. Like, does that not sound like a shit show or what? Right, but it. The editing is the thing that I was so impressed by with this show. It's very well edited together. Um, the I love three because there's three things happening all at the same time, or three yeah. time periods happening, but they take each moment in time. Um, for instance, there's like a garden party that happens every year, and they take that mm-hmm. garden party, uh, and they use it to show each year how the changes that happen with that garden party and the characters that were at that garden party, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's the best example of how they do it. But they also edit it together where, like, the scene where she's... Uh, I think it was at the end of episode one where she's going through her room and they just show her, like, shutting the light switch off and they cut to her finger mm-hmm. switching the light switch, but when they cut back to her, it's, like, the next year. And then she turns over in bed... And it's, uh, it's when she's on one side, uh, it's one year. And then when she turns over to the other side, it's a whole other year. Like the editing was the most impressive thing about this, as well as the acting. I think both Mm -hmm. the main actresses are very, very good. Um, I think most of the actors in this are pretty, I think the one guy, there's the boyfriend is not maybe a great actor, but I think the two main actresses, the most important part of it, uh, They're they're really good. I gave this an eight point five. I don't know about you. I gave it a nine. Okay, I'm looking up Freeform, and it is the most confusing shit ever. I'm on their website. Freeform mm-hmm. connects with audiences with bold original programming and immersive social engagement that moves cultural conversation a little forward. From the Walt Disney mm-hmm. Television Young Adult Television, it's a Y, it's a Ya Television Network. From Ya Queen, Free, Freeform channel. Uh, the force and momentum of, of its audience is the quest for progress, authentic, groundbreaking, and original series. Okay. It's a Walt Disney channel, is what it is. <laughs> wow. uh, the last thing I saw was Marie Easttown. Okay. Marie of Easttown, sorry. Uh, this is on the H of the B of the O. Uh, it is a police detective show. It is very, very, very good. Just one episode out. Uh, Julian Nicholson is amazing in this. Um, it is about this. Uh, she's going to investigate a local murder, and uh, she's uh, in <laughs> in a very <laughs> a bad time of her life because everything is like crumbling around her. So she has to like take care of her own life while investigating this very hard murder. Uh, I give it an eight so far. It's just one episode, so it's a hard, a little hard to uh, get around. 
I'm still doing a research fro. Uh, you're not going to believe this. Uh, holy crap. Uh, Freeform, the network was launched in 1977. It has gone under, it has undergone various changes in its programming format. The net network was founded as a religious channel. The CBN oh satellite network, it was an extension of Pat Robertson, Robertson's Christian Broadcasting Network. It evolved into a family-focused <laughs> entertainment network in 81. Uh, it was called The Family Channel in the 90s. Uh, as a condition, the spinoff of the channel was contractually required to maintain the airing of the 700 Club and annual telethons. Uh, so yeah, this used to be like a Christian network channel. Weird, okay. Wow. Tell me your secrets, episode 9, the penultimate episode of Tell Me Your Secrets, Luke. I think hell this is good. Uh, episode 9 called Gotcha. Emma uncovers the truth at St. <laughs> Jerome House. Oh, St. Jerome House, and unwittingly sets off a terrible chain of reaction in Rose, who reaches out to Mary. Reaches out, is that what you call that? Um, John gaslights Emma via Tom's phone and arranges to meet her with terrifying repercussions. The trauma of this finally unlocks her memories and reveals Teresa as Kit's murderous accomplice. Yeah. How good was this episode? Yeah, they totally threw it for a I mean, the last two episodes, they've been purposefully, purposefully confusing us, I think. And then this yeah. episode, they gave us all these answers. Um, yeah. So we found out this episode that uh, she... She thought she had been an accomplice, basically, but she ha her she had lost her memory of whether she yeah. had been killed. Uh, she had been killing people with her boyfriend, right? Um, and then we find out that the other ex girlfriend, it turns out, like her, what she thought was her friend, was actually murdering people, right? Yep. Um, but she had blocked all this stuff out of her memory, I think because she mm -hmm. was pregnant at the time. And so be the trauma yeah. of like having to try to save her child uh, yeah. kind of made her totally block all that out. And then there's the story uh, of John kind and her going to like a date together because John set up this date and what kidnapped the boyfriend, I'll put in air quotes, the cop, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, all the answers that I wanted were in this episode. I don't know about you. No, I agree. I'm very... <laughs> what are they going to do for the last episode? <laughs> oh, well, John's still got to be caught, right? And Yes. Um, Mary still has to come lady. to justice, because even though yeah. she was wrong, she did just, in one episode, murder an old lady. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that needs to get taken care of. Um and uh, the main character, Emma, needs to get her daughter back, right? So those are the mm -hmm. things, pro that's what we're going to get, hopefully. I'll, if if everything wraps up, which I hope it does. It, it, it seems like things are wrapping up. Right, I, I it no. doesn't feel like I'm, we're getting a season two. I mean, this episode, I think, might have been the best episode yet. What do you think? Oh, definitely. I gave it a 9.5. And I gave it a 9. So yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah we're on the same page. Uh, this show... Everybody needs to watch the show. <laughs> yeah, this is a criminally undertalked show. I feel like you and me are the only two people that have seen the show. Um, well, probably not, but like it did come out in February, and we're talking about it in mm. April now. So, 
but I don't remember people talking about it back then either. No, so. no, yeah. Uh, hey, look, Amazon, uh, they like to spend uh, money on things. Uh, well, they're spending $465 million on Lord of the Rings Season 1. That is way too much money. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> it, uh, yeah. I don't know where that kind of money is even gonna go. I guess, I guess they're gonna get really big actors. I mean, it's basically this is even above like a movie, like crazy movie budget. You know what I'm saying? And it's a TV show. Ray Cray. Um, yeah. clearly, there's a lot of money in TV. Otherwise, they wouldn't be putting all this money in there. Uh, but I think Amazon also kind of wants to be able to compete. There's a lot of competition in the streaming service right now, in streaming services. Mm -hmm. And Amazon, if you think about it, is way at the back of the pack. So maybe they're oh, just definitely. doing this to be like, we can flex our muscles as Amazon. We don't really care if we lose money kind of thing. I just hope it doesn't get uh, uh, the treatment uh, that kind of that sh kind of shows I've gotten before that I would spin it to something or original and don't harp on old tropes. I, I just like, like I, I would say maybe uh, like the witcher I, th I thought was a good example of something sure. good and new instead of like game of Thrones, because I really, really don't want game of Thrones version of, uh, Lord of the Rings, to be honest. I, if it just to me, it doesn't feel like it's been long enough since the movies to to justify making a TV show, let alone spending this sure. much. It even says uh, Amazon paid two hundred and fifty million for the uh, copyrights for Lord of yeah. the Rings, which means this show itself, uh, not included, well, including the four hundred and sixty million dollars they're going to spend on it, will cost a total of a billion dollars. Altogether, that is way, way, way too much money. They're definitely not making their money back on this. That's that's just facts. No, maybe this is like uh, the the leader of uh, Amazon's like pet project. He just what really thing? likes Lord of the Rings. He's a big Bilbo yeah. Baggins fan, and so yeah, <laughs> could be. Uh, other TV news. Uh, did you see the uh, fake uh, fake fight? I mean, the total real fight between Jake Paul and Bell and Asquith. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't watch. I, I mean, I heard it was like ten seconds long or something. So. Oh, it was very exciting. Super exciting. Bunch, bunch down. Yeah, it's not like you lay down or something. Oh, you think oh, that's what happened, or is there like? I totally think that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. He probably got paid good, so whatever. <clears throat> Why Jake Paul wants to make himself kind of look like a fighter or whatever, and so he mm -hmm. always picks people who he knows he, he can beat. So maybe it was just that. I mean, what I'm to understand is this dude is a wrestler. Yeah. And he, he, bo he was boxing him. So uh, yeah. it's possible it wasn't fake, but it says it w one, minute, one minute and 59 seconds. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I saw the fight on YouTube, so I I didn't. Pay it's Jake it. Paul. Like who, who who cares really? I feel I like know. he's he's becoming less and less relevant as time goes on. 
Uh, well, not uh, unrelevant enough, if you ask me. Uh, hey, do you remember me and you talking some weeks ago about the colorful Max they had back in the days that looked awful? Uh, yeah, the bubbly bubble Max, yeah. Yeah, they are coming back, look. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> they look alike. That's for sure, fucking sure. It's ins- I would say it's inspired by it. uh, a- Apple introduced a redesigned iMac with slimmer display and bright, bold colors that is a throwback to the colorful all-in-one <laughs> iMacs, which we talked about, and we were like, can you imagine how silly it would look in 2021 for people to have colorful eye, like, at, like, an office for you to have, like, a pink computer? Mm-hmm. How silly would that be? Apple was Ooh, like, did say that. challenge accepted! <laughs> I think someone on Apple listened to that program and was like, that seems like a good idea! Why don't we do that again? Yeah. They look but as ugly. I don't mind the green one, I guess, but every, the green one and the gray one are the only ones that, like, but everything in between is, like, yeah, hideous. <laughs> so freaking... Ugh. Anyway, uh, Euros in time. Uh, let's talk about Australia first. Uh, they're not going to compete uh, in in a, a live performance, but they will compete from home using their live on tape performance. Maybe you will talk a little about that. Uh, they say they regret that regrettably Montagin Montague and the rest of their delegation will be unable to travel to the Netherlands and therefore will compete from home using live on tape performance. Uh, this decision was approved uh, by the contest governing board. Okay, so, um, yeah, I, I guess we've talked about, like, the different levels of, like, when mm-hmm. they were thinking about, are we going to do this, are we not, and, like, there was a, there was a level of, like, maybe it'll be live on tape, and Australia is a place where, like, everything's doing very well. They just opened up the border or yeah. travel between them and New Zealand, because New Zealand mm-hmm. has, is doing amazing as well. Uh, mm. And so I can see why they just would be like, yeah, we don't really feel like taking the risk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand it. What, it, like, what, uh, if somebody, if another country wanted to do this, would they get mad about it? You know what I mean? Or not, I guess. Uh, like, no. are we going to see future countries being like, we were, because of this being like, hey, can we do that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, I, I, that's kind of also what I'm worried about, that this will set a trend for other countries. Uh, but yeah, they are allowed to say, hey, we'll do live on tape. But uh, yeah, let's hope not many countries... It sounds that. like they have to be. it has to be approved. Like, there has to be a reason, yeah. but yeah. Let's start with Austria, I guess. Uh, that is a song... By Vincent Buano with Amen, the second Amen song of the year. Is it? Yes. Uh, but you haven't heard a. Oh, I haven't heard the other one. Okay, one. I was like, I don't remember that. Um, now there's one more that you will hear next week. I for a second I was thought I thought you were making a joke about the song about Satan or whatever. Uh, oh, <laughs> El Diablo. El Diablo, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
yeah, this song was just there, wasn't it? It really was just there. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah, fine. Not... The guy is a fine singer, but it really was nothing special. This will not qualify. No, probably not. I mean, this no. would probably get like a... I'll probably give it a four. It wouldn't, there's nothing offensively nothing terrible. Right. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. But it's just like, it's it'll, it will not qualify... Uh, I I doubt that it will come to the final. I will forget that this song exists by next week. So, well, a song that you will not forget exists by next week. Either way, if you hated it or loved it, is Gua with Sham from Ukraine. I actually really I kind of like this. I don't know. What do you think? I fucking hate this. Really? Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is my least uh, favorite song of the year. I totally can see this having a remix, uh, yep. and a remix being really good as well. But I like the flute. Yep. I love the flute. It felt very Ukrainian. Like of all the very. songs, like this song really encapsulated their country. You know what I mean? Oh, very uh, much. I, I do. Li- I like. It. There's like a techno element, but also a metal, heavy metal kind of vibe mm-hmm. to it. Um, My biggest problem is that I don't like her type of singing. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to get over that uh, when she's so vocal. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that, that her type of singing, that's what made it felt Ukrainian also. Oh, yeah. Like, definitely. at the very oh, end. No, no. When... Like, in, in originality and, mm-hmm. uh, like, showing your country's side out. I would give this uh, 10 out of 10, but that doesn't really help when I don't like the results. Sure, yeah. Uh, will it do well, though? Um, I think this yes. is kind of a mid-tier. Yes. I, th- I think it's going to mid-tier, upper mid-tier. I think it's probably where it'll pan out. I don't know. I see this in top 10. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I really like the very become, ending yeah. where she she's... A- like, her voice, she's able to do this weird, like almost uh chanting like vocal cord mm-hmm. thing that part was pretty cool but yeah no i give this a zero and it is my only zero of this year well, that just doesn't seem fair but okay um <laughs> I, I hate it i hate it there were like, de- I, sorry yeah that's fine i just we've seen worse song like the song we saw last week uh, that the rap song with that lady that I feel like that was probably worse, but that's just me. Uh, I give this a, hmm, I'll give it a six. But uh, then look, we need to talk about maybe <laughs> my my biggest disappointment of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sure. Uh, I am so sad. Uh, Iceland uh, didn't go to Eurovision last year because guess what? They would have won Eurovision last year. Do you agree with that statement? That's who I wanted to win our tournament. It's just it didn't. Yeah. Like it, I didn't have. That wasn't my. I think I picked them to win, and it just like ended up being yeah. well, Azerbaijan uh, because everybody yes. else liked that song more. This one, um, I I still like the band. I just feel like they picked the wrong song. Yeah. And it, it's not a terrible song, but it's not a. No, it's definitely not as good as the song they picked last year at all. The the, the problem is that people, I I think this will either do amazing because 
people now have a relationship with Dadi, and they kind of felt like he got screwed over. This will definitely be in the, be in the final, and I also think this is a top ten uh, contender, but I don't see it in the top five. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I think the pro the biggest problem is. It was just a disappointment from how good the last year's song was. So that yes. like it's yeah. hard to judge that because uh, just having a connection with the other song, which is weird. Yeah. Like, does that really ha happen in Eurovision in other years where you can have that mm -hmm. feeling? Right. Um, yes, it has. It has happened one time before, and this is why I was thinking about this. Okay. So. ABBA was in the Eurovision with Ring Ring okay. the year before they won with Waterloo. Oh. And Ring Ring is, in my eyes, a better song than Waterloo. Ooh. So you... Yeah. That could be a little foreshadowing is what you're saying. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, and then if you look at, like, uh, the characters from the Eurovision movie... Mm hmm yeah <laughs> okay yeah uh i don't know i mean i still like the song but i don't think it's gonna do that well i'll give it 6.5 yeah i'm at a 6.5 and i will say this is my darkest horse win and not even because it's a good song right <laughs> no <laughs> and now it is time for the yearly academy awards and pew 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 raspberry awards but Luke, Luke, we have something very, very special for listeners. Okay. Because, guess what? It's not only uh, Norway, it's not only America, but it is also Australia on the uh, phone line. Hello, Richard. Hello, Frode from Down Under. Hi, Richard. <laughs> and hi, Luke. Put some shrimps on the barbie. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I ate shrimp, but thank you for your um, kind gesture. Yeah, that's that's the only Australian thing I know. Uh, mm -hmm. So, Richard, uh, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, how did you get uh, into movies? Uh, well, I've been a cinephile since I was just born, really, ever since I would watch The Wizard of Oz in my grandmother's house. Mm. And the year I started taking the Oscars seriously was 2008, which was the year of The Dark Knight, of course. But that was also the year I accidentally came across Slumdog Millionaire in our local theatre. And ever since then, I have watched the Oscars every year. And it was back in um, 2013 when I started um, writing my prediction articles for um, papers and blogs and, um, yeah, and I've been a huge Oscar file yeah, ever since. Uh, but this is the first time you're doing the races, right? Yes, because I just don't make time for the bad movies, of course. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, but I yeah. Study the, but I do like to study the Razzies and find out who wins what. Yeah. It will be interesting. Uh, I think I will let you do the Academy Awards, uh, Luke, and I will do the races. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, okay. We're gonna start. I, we're gonna start at the top. 
we're going to do best picture first, I guess. Uh, let's start with uh, The Father, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and Trial of the Chicago mm-hmm. 7 are up for best picture. All amazing movies in their own. Uh, which were your favorites, Richard? Um, my favorite of those eight, it's a tie between Nomadland and Sound of Metal. They okay. had a similar feeling as well, to me at least. Yeah. For me, yeah. it's Minari and Nomadland. I think it's the two that uh, it's between for me. How about you, look? Uh, Sound of Metal, I definitely have a good feeling about. And then Judas and the Black Messiah, I also have a really good feeling about. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, Richard, we will let you pick first. Who do I think is going to win Best Picture? Yes. Oh, well, I think the consensus right now is Nomadland. There are some people who think there is a potential upset in Trial of Chicago 7, but no, I have not seen any movie that has shown strength this year like Nomadland and... I think we can just see, give it the Oscar right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna. I guess I'll go next, and I, I agree. That's where I was at. I don't know about you, Fro. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's three for three there. I, I think this is going to be maybe the most boring best pictures in uh, quite a long time. I think it, I will be shocked if Nomadland doesn't win this. There are movies that are um, poised to win multiple above-the-line um, categories that has made people think that they could upset Land, like A Promising Young Woman. Right, that's my least favorite of the Best Picture candidates, to be honest. It was, it, it was the one that I thought had the least acting chops of maybe all these movies. Yeah, I don't know if I agree to that. I think my least favorite is uh, actually Judas and the Black Messiah, believe it or not. Uh, I I think uh, it's between that and The Trial of the Chicago 7. I was not a huge fan of Trial of Chicago 7 either. Trial of Chicago 7 does have the um, SAG Ensemble um, win. Yeah, right. That's always a big precursor, like Parasite last year. Okay, best director, uh, Thomas Vintenberg for another round, David Fincher for Mank, Isaac, oh, Lee Isaac Shang for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, or em- Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. I will go first this time, I guess. Um, do I think she will win best picture and best director? Um, no. I will go with Fincher, I guess. Uh, I think. Uh, I think uh, it's it's it is very a uh, director's kind of movie, mm. and and it's also very black and white, and it's about movies, and the Oscars seems to go to movies about movies, so I will go with Fincher there. 
Uh, Richard, why don't you go next? Well, I'll say two things. I am predicting Chloe Zhao because she has won everything. Um, however, if we do have a situation like last year, last year where Sam Mendes won BAFTA, Globe, Critics' Choice, and DGA, right. but then Bong Joon-ho um, ultimately um, succeeded in the end, um, if that were to happen, I guess we would say that Fincher is the last-minute spoiler. But for now, I am predicting Chloe Zhao. Okay, I, I, have a f- I have a strange feeling, because the best picture is going, or in my predictions, to Nomadland, that uh, I think Emerald Fennel might get it for Promising Young Woman. I have a weird... Yeah, I'm gonna that's go. a good pick, yeah. Because it's very feminist approval as well. I mean, it's and it's very, like, into the time to give it a little, like, Me Too push. Well, and just uh, having it be a female director and everything else that, yeah. Should oh, I do the... That, I was going to say, if yeah. it's not um, Fincher, what about Lee Isaac Chung? Because... Minari is surging a bit. It, uh, that's a good pick because of mm-hmm. who won Best Picture last year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can I can definitely see that. I think that's that would have been my pick if I didn't pick uh, Promising Young Woman, for sure. Should uh, we do the Shadwick Boseman Award? Next? <laughs> right. I mean, the, Baf- the BAFTAs were su- surprised me that he didn't win uh, Best Actor in the BAFTAs, but Best Actor... Rizamad for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Stephen Yoon for Minari. Great category. I guess I'll go first, right? Is it my turn to go first? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I want to. Obviously, I'm, I want to pick Chadwick Boseman, and I think I'm going to pick Chadwick Boseman. The only thing that's throwing me off is the. Is the him not winning the BAFTA, which surprised me? But this is the American Awards, not the British Awards. So, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, this is uh, so going to Shelby Bosman. I I will eat my keyboard if it doesn't. <laughs> there is um a Oscar trend, trend where um you either have to be a sweeper or you have to have um a best picture nominated film. And Chadwick is neither. However, um, I have seen all the strength for Chadwick. I am predicting him, but I do see room for an upset from Hopkins. I agree if with that. If it were for me, I would give it to Riz Ahmed, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I think it's actually, I, I, for me, like personally, it's against, uh, it's between Hopkins and Ahmed. I think. Hopkins plays uh, the father amazingly. It's probably his best role since Silence of the Lamp. But, uh, yeah, it's between, like, personally, I would give it to either Anthony Hopkins or Reset Man. And I think but Anthony it's... Hopkins has just been around for so long. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? He's he's an elderly actor that, like, was playing an elderly character. And that kind of thing yeah. definitely could pull on the heartstrings enough to get votes, I think, from the Academy. Riz Ahmed, is, mm-hmm. I would consider him kind of the 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 rookie of the year kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
the dark horse. No, kind just kind of like, like party. yeah, exactly. He's like the new the new dog on the block who like, yeah, he's really good this year. But a couple more uh, performances like this in a, in future years, I see him winning a uh, best actor maybe in another movie. Mm-hmm. So we all are going to pre- predict Bozeman, Yeah, I think we that one was kind of a. A give. Uh, best actress, though. It's not even campaigning. <laughs> right, yeah. Sorry? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to campaign when you're dead. Uh, best it's actress, Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's. Uh, Andrea Day for United States versus Billie Holiday. Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. Frances McDormand for Nomadland. Uh, Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Richard? Okay, I've been thinking a lot about this. Now, we all know this is a wide-open race because um, at every award ceremony, a different actress has won. Um, I have decided to vote for Viola Davis. And the reason is because even though Ma Rainey's Black Black Bottom didn't get a Best Picture nomination, uh, history gives the odds to her because... SAG is a better precursor than BAFTA or Golden Globes. And since 1995, the only two, there have only been two women that won Best Actress with one precursor Susan Sarandon for Dead Men Walking and Halle Berry for Monsters Ball. Both of them were SAG winners without a Best Picture nominee. Also, unlike Mulligan and McDormand, Davis is playing a historical figure as Ma Rainey. And not to sound crass, but maybe the Academy might also give this acting titan the sec they might make her the second black best actress winner of all time. Oh yeah. I can eat. I I can see that. I can see that. And it yeah. The other that's, thing, that's, she got a Best yeah. Supporting Actress for Fences, by the way. Mm-hmm. Right? I know that, but I feel like, you know... Well, no, no, but I'm, I, no, I'm actually agreeing with stuff. you, because this is the Best Actress. So she got a Best Supporting for that movie, which was actually based on a play by the same person that this movie's based on. So then she gets Best Actress for this movie. It actually makes sense that she would win. I That wasn't my pick, but Fro, I think I'll let you go first. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm kind of on the same train, and that's why I'm going for Andrea Day. Oh, okay. You're going with the lone, you're going with the lone nominee? Yeah. Okay. I am. I am. I, I'm, 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 I think I am probably wrong that it will either go, go to Davis or McDermott, uh, but... Uh, for the reason you say that a black act- actress could win, I oh, think Andrea they could win. And I, I'm kind of on the same page because I'm going McDormand because I just feel like she had kind of a role of a lifetime, and I don't feel like oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, that you can look over this and be like, well, maybe she'll get it next year because she's she's not an actress who you know. She doesn't get... She picks her roles very carefully, you can tell. And this is, like, the role of her life, and I feel like she deserves it, but maybe I'm looking too far, and maybe I have personal bias here. 
She did win the BAFTA, which can be a good um, precursor. Right. Um, if I can say something to Frode, um, picking Andre Day, the Golden Globe winner, um, I think you have to go back to Jessica Lange in Blue Sky in 95 for an actress who only won Golden Globe and then the Oscar. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I'm not saying this is a sure shot. Uh, but I, I I I feel that it's the right uh, right one. I think the other thing about this year's Oscars is like it definitely like when it comes to like years before and 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 the previous you know the uh, the Golden Globes and the Baftas. This mm-hmm. year is so much different just because of what ha- happened in 2020 with movies and. And just mm-hmm. the world in general, I have a feeling we're going to get some surprises that we wouldn't in a normal year. But uh, who knows? I could be wrong on that. Uh, speaking of surprises, Best Supporting Actor, Sasha Baron Cohen uh, is up for Best Supporting Actor. That surprises uh, me even still. I'm like, wait, Borat? <laughs> okay. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya for Jewish and Black, Black Messiah. L- Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Uh, Paul Rossi? I don't, I don't, I don't know how to say this guy's name. Uh, for Sound of Metal and Lakis Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, should I go first? Uh, yeah, sure. sure. Um, I am going with Daniel Kaluuya, or Kaluuya. Okay. From Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, it was between him and Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, I saw one night in Miami this week uh, to prepare for uh, the Oscars. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it is between them, I think, uh, in my head. But I think Daniel has it. I am also predicting Daniel Kaluuya. Um, if there is a runner-up, um, I would actually say it's uh, Paul Racy who steamrolled through the critics' prizes um, before everybody got to see Judas and the Black Messiah. But no, uh, Daniel Kaluuya has this locked. Oh, any specific reason? Do you think it has anything to do with his role in in movies previously, or is it just this? This was just a... Re- I mean, I really love this movie. This was a... I think I liked this more than Fro did, even. Uh, mm. But I feel like he has had a few really breakout roles in the past few years, so I can see why this would be the year to give him a best supporting. But I, I'm going to go Paul Racy because I don't... I feel like Sound of Metal hasn't gotten enough kind of... Uh, acknowledgement and even in my own like picks i'm looking at it and going i didn't give it enough acknowledgement for how good of a movie sound of metal actually was so i think i'm gonna go paul racy yeah it is my favorite of the category and if that were to happen i would be so happy okay best supporting actress um maria bakalova for borat (laughs) the sequel uh glenn close for a hillbilly elegy Olivia Coleman for the father. Cool. Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and wow, uh, Yun Hoon Jun for Minari. I think, I think this is the most funny one because uh, because uh, Glenn Close is nominated for <laughs> Hillbilly L- 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 J because 
uh, if you look, we're going to talk about the racist. Guess who's also nominated that? <laughs> right, exactly. That's yeah. so crazy. Uh, do I go first? I think I go first, right? Because I haven't gone first in a while. Um, yep. I want Maria Bakalova to win, obviously. Um, yeah. But I feel like Amanda Seafried is probably going to win. So I'm going to go Seafried. Oh, I am going with um, the SAG and BAFTA winner, Yoon Yo Jong. Um, I feel like she's the only way uh, the Academy can honor Minari. Oh. Ah, that's a strategic pick. Okay, Fro. And funny enough, I will go with Olivia Coleman for The Father. Uh, some of the same reasons, actually. I, I, Father is uh, one of the most underrated Oscar movies of the year. I really liked it. It is super sad. It is a cry-out-loud movie, but freaking hell, I loved it. Okay, best original screenplay, Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, or Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, I think Fro probably should start. Uh, this was actually the hardest, because I think Judas and the Black Messiah shouldn't be qualified. Uh, <laughs> but, or, or the Trial of Chicago 7. Um, I'm going to go with Minari here. Okay, Richard. Um, I'm going off based on precursors, and I am going with Promising Young Woman, which won WGA, BAFTA, and Critics' Choice. I agree with you, Richard. While it wouldn't be my pick uh, for Best Original Screenplay, I would probably pick Sound of Metal for like Best Original Concept, but I feel like because of the concept itself that that's what they're going to pick. Uh, okay. It is such an unusual winner. Say that again, sorry. It does seem like an unusual um, winner um, for the Academy, promising a woman. Uh, I, it just feels like uh, the only two that I see as like original, like I in the term of like original screenplay, are promising young woman and sound of metal that feel like super original. Uh, yes, and I feel like promising young woman also has kind of a political political message that people will follow behind more than sound of metal i guess that's why i'm picking it i pick i pick some of this stuff based on politics because i know that that's how the academy mm -hmm. views things um oh best adapted screenplay uh borat uh the father nomadland one night in miami and the white tiger do i go first sure yep I am picking The Father. It is a very inventive uh, screenplay. Okay, uh, I think I'm going to go with The White Tiger. This was like a super underrated film, I feel like. And, yeah. Um, this is the only place I see where it could get something. And so, yeah, I'm going to go there for all. Uh, it is between the White Tiger and Nomadland here for me. Um, no, I think I will agree with Luke and go with White Tiger. I, I agree. It is definitely the most underrated in this category. I think it's one of the more underrated on all the, the whole list this year. 
Uh, I agree. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Okay, best animated, Onward, Over the Moon, Sean Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. <laughs> so this is a uh, quite a category here. Yeah. Soul and Wolfwalkers. Uh, Fro. Um, I am going to actually pick my favorite of them. I'm going to go with Wolfwalker. Uh, that was my favorite animated movie of last year. Uh, it is so cool animation style. I really loved it. And uh, yeah, I think a lot of people uh, are going to say, hmm, is Apple going to get an Oscar nomination here? And I actually think so. Okay. I only saw two... I think I saw... No, I only saw Soul, right? So I'm just going to pick Soul because it's only one of these animated movies I saw. What about you, Richard? I've only seen Soul and Onward, and I am going to predict Soul to win, but I am seeing a lot of passion for Wolf Walkers. But ah, I'm sticking with so Soul. Good. Yeah, it's so good. It is so good. You're telling me the Shaun the Sheep movie isn't going to win? Come on, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We all love Sean the Sheep. Come on. He's the best. All right, and last for the Oscars, best documentary feature, uh, Collective, Crip Camp, The Mole Agent, my octopus teacher and time, and I would say this is probably the most competitive category this year to me. Oh, to me, definitely, yeah, yeah. I think this is uh, all of them are freaking amazeballs movies. Uh, I can't wait to watch. Um, go ahead. I was about to say, I can't wait to watch Octopus Teacher on Netflix. Oh, is it not available yeah, not- in Australia yet? Okay, no, it's on Netflix in Australia. Oh, okay. Just have time for it. It's moving. I mean, it's really good. If you have a big, nice TV, don't watch it on your phone. That's the one thing I'm going to tell you. Because it's, oh, you know, yeah. a lot of seascapes, so it's something you want to see on, like, a larger screen for sure. Um, Fro, why don't you start out? Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to see, say, one of the two movies I saw this week. I saw both Crip Camp and uh, uh, Collective. Um, I'm going to go with Crip Camp. Okay. Richard? Um, I am going to go uh, with my octopus teacher. I haven't seen any of these films, but I'll pick that one. I'm going to go Crip Camp as well. Octopus Teacher, I think, does have a very good chance because it has a lot yeah. of hype behind it. But to I've seen all of these, and if I was to recommend one of them to you, Richard, it would be Crip Camp. So I guess that's probably why I'm picking it because it was the most what's a good it was the most well put together kind of solid documentary to me. Where some of them mm-hmm. had a little bit of like. Uh, bias or wiggle room of the truth or this or that. Crip Camp was just solid facts and uh, really moving and had a lot of good with good uh, points to it, I guess. so. Actually, looking at the poster for Crip Camp, I think I will change it. my prediction to tr- Crip Camp. Oh. It, it does have a very... Um, I think the poster is very relevant. 
Yeah, the whole, it, it is a lot. It's actually you think it's about one thing, but then when you get halfway through the documentary, you realize it's all all about politics. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Razzies, Fro, you want to start with that? I will. Uh, let's start with worst picture. We have three hundred sixty-five days. Absolute proof. Doolittle, Fantasy Island, and music. Uh, look. Uh, let's see. There's one of these movies I saw this week. Um, I'm gonna go with music. I think. Um, there was a it's lot so of there was a lot yeah. of talk about how bad this was. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, I know that this was bad on a different level than other movies. Uh, Richard. Um. God. Ah, this is hard. I look at absolute proof and I think about when Hillary's America won back in 2016. Oh, yeah. Given that we just had a political, um, an election year. Yeah. Do we think absolute proof is sort of like a default? um, Shoe in, yeah. I I think it's definitely the one that's going to win. It it is abysmal, and it is uh, one of the worst pictures of uh, the entire world. I'm not even saying year, but the world. It is Is abysmal bad. That's what I had a problem with. (laughs) I was like, how is this considered like an actual film, right? Yeah. So is that what you're going with, Richard, though? Is it absolute proof, or what do you think? Um, yeah, I'll go with absolute proof, to okay. be honest, because I feel like it's just a way to acknowledge uh, the craziness that was 2020. Yeah, uh, I can see that. Um, and mu- music, I guess, now that, well, I still, I'm still going to go music. Okay. And I'm going to go absolute proof. Yeah, no I got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, worst director, Charlie Band for all Barbie and Kendra movies. Never heard of this. You saw uh, Corona Zombies. Corona- yeah, I did see Corona Zombies, yeah. but I haven't seen the other one. Right. Uh, Barbie and Kendra save the Kaitai King and Barbie and Kendra Storms Area 51. Then we have Barbara Bilovas and Thomas Mendes for 365 Days. Uh, Stephen Gagan for Doolittle, Ron Howard for Hillbilly Elegy, and Sia for Music. I will go first, and I will see, say Sia for Music. This is very very easy. I think, I think this is maybe the most fun thing because like music was so overhyped, and when it came out, like everybody hated it, and it gets so many like um, um, nominations to awards. That was before everybody had seen it. It was so funny that it's all nominated. right. The Golden Globes, the, yeah, yeah, Golden Globes were like Sia um, for music, and I was like, what, really? So that's my one. Look, I kind of wonder if Rich, Richard, have you heard about the controversy behind music? Or yes, I had. Okay, um, I haven't seen it, but I have heard things about uh, the way Sia uh, cast the film and the way she uh, approached its lead actress. Right. Okay. Uh, let's see. I, I guess I'll go next. I, I'm gonna go. Uh, whatever these two are for 365 days. 
That's an abysmally bad movie. Richard? I think it's tempting for the Razzies to um, give the award to um, musicians who fail as directors. And mm. especially, I think they're much harsher on women, women than men. So I'm going to pick Sia for worst director. <laughs> yeah, now that I look at that, I'm going, maybe I should have gone some, with something different. But whatever. Who knows? I could pull out because of this and be ahead because I picked different. So, uh, Worst actor, uh, the, uh, Rob Downey Jr. for Doolittle, Michael Nindell as himself, uh, Michelle Maroon for 365 Days, Adam Sandler for Who Be Halloween, and David Spade for The Wrong Missy. Uh, Luke. I'm going to go Sandler. That movie uh, needs to get something. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, Richard? that is fourth worst actor, Razzie, I think. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. But Richard, uh, what do you think? Uh, well, because Adam has already won th- three, I'm just going to default to David Spade because, eh, I don't know, I feel like he's bound to win a worse actor as he one day. I kind of liked yeah. that movie, I mean, but I'm ter- I'm a terrible person, so. You are. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm not really, right. Although, 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 I will say, um... What was the Michael Moore documentary about George Bush back in 2004? Fahrenheit 9-11. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was actor for Bush. So should we look at Mike Lindell as like the political uh, joke winner? Well, that is my pick. <laughs> I think, I think uh, everything this movie is nominated for, it's going to get uh, I I can already tell you that every time it's on on the list, I will go for it. So my my pick is Michael Lindell. Okay, worst actress uh, Anne Hathaway for the last thing he wanted and the witches. Uh, Katie Holmes for Brahms, the boy and the secrets. Jesus Christ, that was not for me. Uh, Kate Hudson for music, and Lauren Lapkus for The Wrong Missy, and Anna Marie Show, Sequel Luca for 365 Days. Richard. Um, I have not seen any of these. I'm hearing bad things about Anne Halfway in The Witches, but I'm with you, Frodo. I'm going with Anna Maria Sikluka. Yeah, uh, that is my pick as well. Uh, she was awful in that movie. Uh, yeah, I I want to pick that, but I'm gonna go Katie Holmes because of the fact they made a sequel to the movie The Secret. <laughs> <laughs> I know. How did I do that? Worst supporting actor: uh, Chevy Chase for a very excellent uh, Mr. Dundee, Rudy Giuliani as himself in Borat. Shia, La- Shia LaBeouf as the ta- in the tax collector, Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Iron Mask, and Bruce Willis in Breach Hard Kill and Survive the Night. Uh, Fro will go first. I'm picking Rudy Giuliani. I am also picking Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> I am also picking Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> if there was one butt of jokes of last year, yeah. it is Rudy Giuliani, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. He'll, he'll uh, call for voter fraud. He'll call voter fraud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he actually probably will. <laughs> Worst supporting actress, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elgisary. There, there we have it. Lucy, Lucy Hall for Fantasy Island. Maggie Q for Fantasy Island. Christian Wig for 1984. And uh, Maddie Sigler for Music. Uh, I will go Luke first, I think. Right. Um... I, I, you can't really give it to Maddie Ziegler. That's just not... I don't think that's acceptable no. PC. And Fantasy Island's got two of them. Hmm. But I'm going to go Kristen Wiig. I'm going to go Glenn Close, because is it something that the racists really, 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 really like to do? It is giving the award to someone that can win it the next day. Uh, day so oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. They really like to do that, so that's why I'm going with uh, close. Richard? Oh, yeah, I don't think we can do this to Matty Ziegler. Uh, I have not seen Fantasy Island. I don't know if the Oscar nominee, Glenn Close, will win, so I'm reluctantly defaulting to Kristen Wiig, and I say reluctantly because I don't think she was horrible in Wonder Woman 1984. But she certainly was miscast. Oh, she was. Uh, yeah, she's a great uh, a comedic actress, right? But not a great oh, yeah. superhero actress, yeah. Yes. Uh, worst screen combo, Maria Bakalova and Rudy Giuliani for Borat. Ru- uh, Robert Jr. and his utterly unconvincing Welsh accent in Too Little. Harrison Ford and that totally fake-looking CGI dog in The Call of Duty. Lauren Lapkus and David Spade in the wrong missy, and Adam Sandler in his great simpleton voice in Hobby Halloween. Oh my god, I forgot about the voice. Oh wow. <laughs> so awful. Uh, I will go first. Uh, I am going to go with Maria Bakalova and Rudy Giuliani. Um, I'm surprised that 365 Days is not in this category. I agree. I will pick. Yeah, Maria Bakalova and Rudy Giuliani. I also want to go. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the same. It's. I mean, they're they're kind of a shoe in because of all the uh, yeah. press that it got. Yeah. Uh, worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel: 365 Days, Doolittle, Fantasy Island, Hobby Halloween, or Wonder Woman 1984. How is Hobby Halloween a ripoff, a sequel? Am I confused? Uh, I think they... Uh, Was I it based off of something gonna... else? I'm going to have to look that up I, later, I I'll guess. I'll take a look. Yeah. Well, I'll go first, uh, I guess, or... Should... Yes, Fro? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think I'm going to go 365 days. I mean, it, it being a ripoff of uh, 50, shades, Fifty Shades, yeah, and but not being Fifty Shades, it was the most kind of okay. ripoff of... Like, Doolittle is based on something... But 365 Days was just a direct rip-off, right? So I think I'm going to go with that. I'm going to I go with Wonder Woman. Oh. Okay. Come on, Richard. I'm going with 365 Days. Okay. I'm going to go Wonder Woman 1984, because Wonder Woman was such a good movie. 
why did they fuck it up with Wonder Woman 1984? I have no clue. Uh, then we have a uh, worst screenplay. Uh, we have 365 Days, all Barbie and Kendra movies, uh, Doolittle, Fantasy Island, and Hellbilly LG. I will give it to Richard first. Oh, man, man, man. I, you know, I'm just going to say 365 Days. Yeah. Okay, from. I'm going to go Hillbilly LLG because they really, really like to give it to... That was what I was going to pick as Hillbilly LLG. Yeah. So should I pick something different? No, I'm going to go the same. Uh, I think that one kind of... In America, there was kind of a backlash to it because the book had kind of a bad message mm-hmm. and then the the film took that message and, and uh, used, it, yeah, ran with it, exactly. Yeah. And then we have a special governor award for the worst calendar year ever, and only one nominated. 2020. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Were there any bad movies this year that you, or last year, I guess, uh, Richard, that didn't end up on this list that you saw, or no? Um, I never got around to seeing um, Artemis Fowl, but yeah, surprised oh, that didn't make right. me I agree. I am very surprised that didn't make it. Fro really didn't like that because you liked, or you read the books or whatever or something? Loved the movies. Right. Loved the books. Loved the books, yeah. And then both me and Fro saw, what was it called? Swingers Island? What was that movie called? Something like that. It was about, uh, it was about all these swingers on an island and these two people show up there to get married and they think it's just a regular resort that was the worst movie to us this year oh yeah uh i have some uh very very uh things where do we find you on the internet richard um okay so on twitter you can find me on hang on just looking for it you can find me at rich hoolsey 1991 or on instagram you can find me at Richard underscore Hulzy. That's H-O-U-L-I-Z-Y. And you also have a SoundCloud uh, account. Is that true? That is true. Uh, you can listen to my um, movie reviews on the SoundCloud account. I'm just uploading it because I forget my username a lot. Uh, it's just under, yeah, Richard Houlihan. Yeah. Um, H-O-U-L-I-H-A-N. And that is how we found Richard. Uh, I have some rapid-fire questions, if you're ready for that. I want just yes or no. Sure. Um, uh, Titanic, overrated or no? Uh, Production-wise, not overrated. Um, okay. Mediocre script, yeah. Oh, so overrated? Uh, no, I don't think it's overrated. Okay. Uh, best director uh, alive. <laughs> Martin Scorsese. Best director dead. Stanley Kubrick. Ooh. And uh, who should have been nominated in Oscars but wasn't? Um, this year? Yes. Oh, man. I'm looking at my top ten right now. Oh, 
I wish the Five Bloods got more than one nomination. Um, Delroy Lindo should have gotten a Best Actor nomination. As far as a movie that got nothing, um, I wish I'm Thinking of Ending Things got a screenplay nomination for Charlie Kaufman. Thank you, Richard, for doing that. Waking up four o'clock in the morning to this do this podcast, I call that commitment. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. Good to get an Australian perspective on the movies coming up, and then next week we're going to get the results, so we'll see what happens next week with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, we have an email address. It's not a digital citizen at gmail.com. We have a Twitter account. That is at podcast ADC. We have a Facebook uh, page. It is another digital citizen on Facebook. Uh, movie news. Uh, Britney Spears, I guess this is kind of movie movie news. Not really. Uh, she's been oh. in a movie before. She, yeah, yeah. She was in Glitter. <laughs> That's amazingly good movie. She was in Glitter? I, think... I don't... No, yeah, she... I think it was called Glitter. Yeah, I think it oh. was called Glitter. Okay, yeah, I, I was thinking of a different movie, but yes, you you are correct. Uh, Britney Spears uh, assures fans she's totally fine in, a, in an update about her mental health. Uh, she says, I'm okay. Oh, am I okay? Yes, I'm totally fine. Uh, she said on Insta- in an Instagram vi- video, I'm extremely happy. I have a beautiful home, beautiful children. I'm taking a break right now because I am enjoying myself. Uh... Okay. Is it funny that I uh, kind of uh, set glitter uh, thinking it would be Britney Spears when it is uh, definitely not uh, Britney Spears but Mariah Carey? That's, yeah. I, 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 but I was thinking like maybe she was just in it. Like maybe she was like another character no. in that movie. No. I was thinking it was Mariah Carey. Oh, that's sad. Okay. Yeah, I was I was confused for a second. I was like, she maybe she was. Maybe she was just like in a, a concert scene where she was like a second vocalist or something, and I don't remember. No. Okay. No. Um. No, but it she ha- she has been in movies. I know she has. Sure. Sure. But I don't know why I was thinking Glitter. I think this. It, it would have been probably better to come out on an Instagram video like a few months ago that you were fine. Yeah. But um. I mean, it's good, good, uh, good for Brittany. Yeah. James Charles news? Uh, YouTube has temporarily demonetized, uh, YouTuber James Charles. Uh, yeah, let's hope that temporary demonetization is a long, 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 long one. Yeah, it's YouTube says that the channel. Uh, they they did not say how long the channel will be demonetized. Um, so forever is the answer. <laughs> Should they? Th- this comes after on Friday. Uh, cosmetics company Morphe Morphe Morph uh, dropped their partnership with James Charles as well. Is it a little funny that when I think Morpheus uh, or Morph or something, I think drugs? Well, when like if you say it Morphe or Morphe, it sounds like yeah, morphine. Sounds like morphine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if you say Morph, which makes more sense for a cosmetic company to me, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. The whole thing's confusing. I, I, yeah, whatever. 
Hey, look, I've seen some amazing movies this week. I will not go through every every movie, but I will. Uh, and I said uh, some in the Oscar predictions that I've seen this week. Mm-hmm. But look, there is one Hulu movie I really, really want you to see, and the less you know about it, the better it becomes. So I will not give you a synopsis. I will just say that you have to trust me for once and see it. It is called and <laughs> sorry, in and out itself uh, on Hulu, and I give it a ten out of ten. Is this the the guy who's doing the stage show? Yeah, I, I already saw this. <laughs> really? Yeah, I saw it months ago. For I told you I saw oh. it. Yeah. Did you like it? I, 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 it was fine. I, I feel. I think I even said this at the time. I feel like this kind of stage show needs to be seen live for it to have maximum effect. So as like a movie, I don't feel like it had yeah. as big of an effect as if you were a member of the audience, which he interacts with a lot. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if you were there live, would it have been a better experience? Probably. So in that sense, like... I don't necessarily... I cried so much. Right, they didn't... To me, I felt like, oh, he's trying to manipulate me. But I have trust issues. So. (laughs) Cool. But yeah, I loved it. Yeah, uh, it was recommended to me, and they were like super excited. (laughs) And I went back to... uh, I don't remember who... Somebody recommended it to me, and I was like, yeah, it was fine. (laughs) Okay. What uh, did you see? I saw 365 Days. Uh, I think I kind of mentioned that already. Um, Why? (laughs) uh, Because it was nominated so many times in the Razzies. That was like the only reason I really watched it. Uh, I remember trying, like I started it and I was like, I've seen this. And I realized I started watching this movie back when it came out, like the first week or something that it came out. Um... I think maybe you you said you have to see this because it's so bad. And I remember trying to watch it and not getting through much of it. And so the beginning of it, I was like, I've seen this. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's because I've already watched part of this. Um, yeah, it's bad. It's just a, you know, three uh, it, 365 days. Uh, it's just a ripoff. Uh, so, but the, also the acting is terrible. The concept is... It's creepy, right? I mean, I guess Fifty Shades is already creepy when you think about it, but this is, like, but a little even more creepy? It, yeah, yes, it's Fifty Shades on amphetamine. There, yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, all right. <laughs> on speed. It's like if, if Fifty Shades of Grey was as creepy as imaginably, you get this minute. Yeah, overall, I'd, I'd give this, like, a... I'm, I gotta give it a zero, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I saw Love and Monsters this week, Luke, on Netflix. Okay. Uh, very fun, very <laughs> cool uh, movie uh, about a guy called Joel. That is trapped in this monster apocalypse, uh, and he has to uh, <laughs> leave his basement to 
uh, realign with his ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I recommend this. It is very funny. I I I really like it. I I will give it a seven and a half out of ten. Is this animated? How I haven't heard about this. No. Oh, okay. It's on that. It's not. The the title just sounds like it. Doesn't it sound like an animated yeah. film from the title kind of? Yeah. Little. It sounds like Monsters, Inc., I guess. Maybe I'm just making that comparison. Uh, I saw a Netflix movie called Thunder Force that you saw last week, and it was a movie. Um, I gave it a 2.5. Uh, this, There were jokes here somewhere. Uh, I just couldn't find them. <laughs> uh the jokes were playing hide and seek in this movie, I think. Like, usually you have a, a you you have a setup and then you have a punchline, right? That's how jokes work. Mm-hmm. This movie didn't set up any of the that <laughs> ever. Uh, uh, I don't know who wrote this. This had to have been written by an AI. This wasn't written by a human. There's no way yeah. this was written by a human, right? No, this is so awful. Oh. And the, I sometimes like slapstick comedy. Like, I'm somebody who can get down with the, some good slapstick comedy. And there was a lot of slapstick mm-hmm. in here, just not good slapstick comedy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was bad. Uh, then I... <laughs> then I saw... Holy fuck. Uh, what did I see? Oh, I saw this with you. Why did you kill me? Hello? Oh, yeah, I was waiting for you to... <laughs> yeah. I was like, I saw it with you. Yes, I did. Uh, what did you think about this? Uh, it was pretty good. I mean, uh, yeah. I thought the concept of it... Uh, it's, it's Well, first of all, it's about a, a girl who gets killed... Right, uh, mm-hmm. in kind of a shooting, and they put together uh, a social media pro or her family puts together a social media profile to try to like figure out who killed her. So they they basically catfish a murderer. Catfish, yeah, yeah. Catfish, <laughs> yeah. That um, is what it should be called. Catfish a murderer. The coolest part about it is it takes place in like the early 2000s uh so Mm -hmm. they're using like aol instant messenger and uh myspace and that stuff was very nostalgic for at least for us um Mm. if it had a very uh what was that show called uh don't fuck with cats i think is what we said it kind of had a feeling documentary style of that um yeah and the content itself was very interesting and kept us engaged uh i don't know what do you think you know, I really, really loved it. Uh, I'm very glad that I saw it with you because it, it's it's not a movie that I think I would have enjoyed as much as I did uh, without seeing it with someone. Uh, I think um, one of my biggest uh, pet peeves is when they do uninteresting uh, uh, go-throughs of uh, history. And they did something with... Uh, without spoiling too much, uh, with with perception into like where cars were and where people were in a very very cool way. 
Right, like the visuals. Like model. instead of doing like yeah. a recreation, they did it in a way that is kind of different from most other things that I'm sure yeah. there's some documentary that somebody could find where they did something like this, but it's it definitely, right. it's a, it's unique. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it as much as I give it an eight. Uh, yeah, I give it a 7.5. So we're close, I guess. Mm -hmm. Did you say anything else? No, it's the last thing, last movie I saw. Yeah. Did you not see my pillow guy movie? No, I never got around to it. I mean, <laughs> I just didn't have a chance to really. I it was just really busy this week. Uh, uh, I saw nobody though. Oh, you saw nobody. Cool. I mean, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll get around to watching this. It's definitely a movie I'm going to see. I just haven't watched it yet. I give it an eight. That's good. Uh, you sound disappointed yeah. though. Yeah, I mean. Did you go in cool. with too high of expectations, though? Maybe. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it is a good version of old John Wick. <laughs> that is what I think about it. Well, John Wick was a little older. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I haven't bad. seen John Wick, so I'm not going to be influenced by that. Maybe that's something. Yeah. Oh. We'll see. We'll see when I finally get around to watching it. So, well, let's uh, see the trailer for the movie Trigger Point. Oh, black and white. Oh, color. Color. <laughs> I haven't seen this black and oh, white. Black and white. <laughs> so, is this a memory then? Is what it's feeling Everyone like. Breaks. Memories. Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment is what this, this comes from. It definitely mm. feels like that book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, doesn't it, Fro? So far yeah. in this trailer? I haven't seen this trailer yeah, yet, have you? No. Okay. So it's a Christian hey, propaganda movie? There's a man looking for you. Find me. Oh, I've seen him before. Big brother's always watching Nicholas. Big brother's always watching, bro. Yeah, I've seen him in something. I just, I definitely don't know his name though. Where's the agency in all this? Bold white man. That is his name. Yeah, he's a guy that you've seen. He looks like somebody who's probably played the president in a bad movie at some point. Yes. He's always evil in the movies. He looks like an FBI agent, though. Like, just as a person. I never really got around Barry Pepper as an actor. I didn't like Saving Private Ryan, and I know I'm the only one that didn't like that movie. It was fine. I mean, some of the acting was pretty good in there. Is that what he's famous from? I mean, I know I've seen this guy in multiple yeah. things. I just... Yeah. I have no real opinion on Barry Pepper as an actor, I guess. I mean, he's awful in the Maze Runner as well. I mean, this movie just looks kind of generic, like a lot of movies I've seen, so... Generic, the movie. So what is this movie all about? Oscar nominated. I almost forgot it there. Trigger point, a disgraced U.S. operative who suffers memory loss at the hands of his captors gets dragged back to in, back into a deadly spy world when a colleague of his goes missing. He needs all of his skill to find her, but to uncover the truth, he must remember the past. 
6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Not bad there, but 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, uh, there's no audience score of this, so I really, really, really had to uh, use my uh, shovel and dig through Rotten Tomatoes. But I did see on Rotten Tomatoes that our favorite reviewers of all times, Rotten Rotten Tomatoes on Rotten Tomatoes Common Sense Media, okay, has said something about this. Uh, it has uh, three on sex, uh, three on drinking and drugs, one on positive role models, uh, four on cursive, four on violence. Yeah. So that is what common sense media, I think. Is that good or bad? I don't remember. I have no clue. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, that's, the, that's the problem. That's the problem remember? with common sense media. Yeah. You, it, really, you have no clue what any of it means. <laughs> nope. All right, is anything else? Or I went to the Facebook. No. Facebook. Uh, okay. Cooper Shaw said, uh, I love Pepper, but it it's pure comedy to me that they're still using the how on earth did you find me trope uh, LMFAO uh, like yeah the whole thing like oh my gosh I've been hiding out from the government but how did you find me like I think uh, yeah I love that trope I watched what did I watch uh, this week that was like that Cruel Summer uh, it's set in the 90s specifically I think a lot mm -hmm. of things are being said in the 90s now because you can get around the fact that that was the last time period where cell phones weren't prolific yet right so to write like a complicated story where it won't be ruined by the fact that somebody can just call somebody else on a cell phone and be like hey how's it going it has to be said in the 90s you know what i mean uh yeah that trope bothered me this week but uh, lisa gomez says about trigger point this movie was super good uh i loved it so lisa gomez liked it from mm. but chris foul Chris Foe says, uh, to uncover the truth, he must remember the past. To remember the past, he must prepare for the future. To prepare for the future, he must live in the present. To live in the present, he must acquire money. To acquire money, he must save what he has. To save what he has, he must switch to Geico. Switching to Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. <laughs> Someone should just pay me to write pitch lines, is what he says. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Also coming out this week is Jacob's wife. Bodies start to pile up when a woman discovers uh, a sense of power and appetite to live bigger and bolder than ever before. Directed by Travis Stevens. Uh, it has someone unknown that you and me don't know who are. Uh, CM Punk, have you heard about him? Yeah, I've heard of that guy. Hmm. Uh, 5, uh, 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, but 3.5 uh, out of 5 on Caution Spoilers, Luke. Never ever heard of them before this week. That's new to me, yeah. I'm kind of yeah. surprised that CM Punk calling himself CM Punk instead of, like, his name? Like, his actual right. actual name? But, sure. Uh, yeah. Rifa. A talented young artist seeks recognition for his uh, wall art, so I'm assuming graffiti, on the, on the violent streets of Miami, starring 
George Sears and Cynthia Carmano. Uh, 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb. I'm not, it's a drama. I'm not seeing uh, any other scores in that. Uh, Sass read notice. A groom's wedding plans are disrupted when a small army of well-trained criminals led by Lazio Antov hijacks the Eurostar deep beneath the English shadow. It has Ruby Rose in it, uh, Sam Hagan, Hanny Joseph Strauss, and Tom Huber, uh, directed by Magnus Martinsen. Sounds Norwegian. A 4.9 out of 10 on IMDb and a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, this next movie is called The Rookies. I'm going to read the thing and I'm going to see if this sounds like any other movie you've seen before. Uh, The Rookies, an extreme sports athlete, joins a mysterious special agent group and her ragtag of recruits to battle a group of deadly terrorists. Hmm. Did Vin Diesel make any movie like this called Triple X or... (laughs) No? Uh, Mila Josevich is in it. Uh, Darren Wang. Uh, It looks like this came out in 2019 in China and now it's being released in America. Is what it looks like to me. Uh, We broke up. Uh, Laurie and Doug, a lifetime couple who breaks up just uh, before uh, Laurie's little sister Bia's wedding to Jason... In order to not disrupt the fun, the couple decides to pretend they are still together until the weekend is over. Aya Cash and William Jackson Harper is in it, directed by Jeff Rosenberg. 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Okay, last one. Monday, when Mickey is introduced to Chloe, one hot summer night in Athens, the attraction between the pair is immediately palpable. So palpable that before they know before they know it, they're waking up naked on a beach on Saturday morning. Uh, 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 57% on Metacritic, 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, but 90% of Google users liked it. Starring Sebastian Stan and... Dominique Tripper. Oh, Tipper. So, which movie do you want to see the most? Hmm. I don't really want to see any of these movies, do I? No, me neither. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess Jacob's Wife, just because I want to see if CM Punk is a bad or a good actor. I want to see The Rookies. Yeah, that looks like it could be a fine, like, little action movie. You know, it's not going to be... Yeah. It's not going to be Oscar-worthy or anything, but Mila Josevich is... I like her. Uh, AudibleTrial.com slash another digital system. That's AudibleTrial.com slash another digital system. Get the 30 grade, 3 year fry, and then a clock on Okay? Coming next week, News of the Week, uh, Tell Me Your Secrets, Episode 10... Uh, final episode. Excited for that. Another digital review of Mortal Kombat, which we thought was supposed to come out this week, but I think it just got bumped a week for whatever reason. Mm, No, it had premiere uh, yesterday in Australia. Oh, okay. Um, And Oscar results. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Razzies. I guess I didn't put Razzies there. Razzie results as well. Jeremy Round. Hi, Jeremy. 
Hi. Anything interesting? Have you seen any of the stuff about hot tub streamers on Twitch? I do. What do you think about this phenomenon? I guess I'll explain the phenomenon, and then I'll ask you what you think about it. But there are rules on Twitch about revealing clothing for Mm -hmm. people. Uh, But in the rules, it's the way to get around that is if you're at... Because IRL streaming, if you were, say, at outside in your backyard at, at, in, at the swimming pool, you're allowed to wear a swimsuit, right? So mm. what people have started doing on Twitch, specifically attractive females, uh, to get skirt the rule of not being able to wear skimpy clothing is you just put a little pool in your house and sit in it. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's totally okay to sell your body in other ways. So, to each their own. No, I think it's totally... I think it's interesting. I think it's a... I th- the whole concept of it is like, here's the rules that we gave you. And then these people mm. are like, oh, here's a way around the rules. We'll just go right around. Mm. We're going to go around the side. And I, I I applaud them for that. I think that's fucking amazing. Because they're not breaking the rules, right? De- right? Yeah. Technically. And, I, I like, it, I don't think... I mean, sure, if Twitch doesn't want nudity on there, but be, I, I don't see any problem with somebody wearing a bikini. You can wear a bikini walking down the street. Why can't you wear a bikini on Twitch? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like, I don't really get it, but Twitch girl. But then Penguin's, what is it, Penguin Zero? He, him and his guys started doing, doing it as well. Just to kind of make mm-hmm. fun of the whole concept, which I think is pretty great. One of my favorites, uh, 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 the girl to to uh, the guy that broke the record for most people that has uh, ever uh, paid for a uh, Ludwig uh, Cutie Cinderella. I think is her name is. Okay, I follow her on YouTube. Yeah, and she did the hot tub stream. Uh, in uh, in a in a uh, diving uh, dress to make fun of like oh like mm-hmm. a scuba suit yeah a scuba suit yeah it would even be funnier if it was one of those scuba suits from like the 1920s with the giant metal helmet <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> yeah but it was kind of funny yeah that's still yeah. funny totally um I didn't like. I'm going to be honest. I didn't like Frenemies this weekend. Week. <coughs> um, I thought it was fine. What, what didn't you like about it? I didn't. I don't really understand the Jim Carrey thing. Oh, I, I don't think there was nah. a reason for that at all. I just think it just felt very like random. Why yeah, why are they? Yeah, but yeah. I think Trisha just likes dressing up, and so it's like we're just gonna dress up randomly because it's fun i guess or whatever but in other other and times other, they've dressed up for a reason right yeah right yeah but then you know, this, this episode just felt very like random it didn't feel like any structure or, or anything it just like felt a little like out of left form I guess. sure at least they didn't sit down and eat shit for 30 minutes though that that is true i hate when they do that so uh, you remember when we were kids in like the '90s or maybe even the '80s, and people thought microwaves would give you cancer if you stood in front of it for I too do. long? 
That, that's just back now online. I know. I know. Just people just think th- that again. Yeah. How Why? weird that like the the trend yeah. of like conspiracy about microwaves can come back around in a circle like this like 30 years later, you know what I mean? It's just What's the next is, are people going to be afraid of the ATM eating their credit card now again all of a sudden? Like what is going on? Yeah, no. Have you heard of Blood on the Clock Tower? No, it sounds familiar, though. Uh, it's a social media like uh, game uh, where you play and you get the different roles, and uh, uh, you have to like uh, play that role and try to find the evil players, or you have to be the evil player and kill all the good players. Huh, okay, that sounds interesting. It's like, it is very cool. Uh, no, no holds barred. I think they are called on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very like cool channel that plays the Blood on the Clock Tower. Very, very fun to watch. Okay, I posted a video in the chat. This might be a good place to wrap up, unless you have anything else. Oh, I really want to talk about the Michael Lindell thing. The what? His failed. The Michael Lindell thing. Uh, talking about his failed. Oh. Failed. Uh, social media platform, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. That it, this this is not the Trump platform that supposedly is going to come soon. This is the My Pillow Guy, uh, Twitter yes. v- version of Twitter, which was like he said it was going to be free speech, except you're not allowed to cuss, which defeats the yeah, whole purpose of free speech. <laughs> and you're not allowed to lie or say bad things about Jesus or God. Oh, anything against religion, probably at all. So, yeah, you yeah. know, free speech, bro. <laughs> Very free speech. And when it was launched, it uh, it, uh, it seems like it isn't a social media uh, thing at all, but it's a blog where Mike Lindell posts things to. Yeah, this is what we yeah. said about the Trump thing, is that it was going to end up be- being uh, very similar to those kind of social medias that are just based off of one celebrity and that's kind of what i never really saw like a version of it did you no okay. I, uh, internet today did a whole video about it i'll have to watch it um yeah yeah like i know that it was supposed to come out on like friday and it didn't actually come out until sunday because for whatever reason, but I, I'm assuming probably because it got DDoSed like over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. So what are we watching this? Star Slide. What is this? Stair Slide. I saw this commercial oh. on actual television. All right, from. Okay. And this okay. this is available for pre-order. You can't even buy this product yet, but you can pre-order it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's the product itself is like whatever, but the commercial is the interesting part. Go ahead and give me a countdown. Okay, why does that kid look a little like something from the SS? Uh, okay, in three, two, one, go. Stairs suck, but slides are awesome. Stairs suck. This is my stair slide. It turns your stairs into a slide. <laughs> Intending. My parents say distracts me while they do self care because we do everything from home now. My mom works from home. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Commercial is so weird. It's pretty self-explanatory. Each stair slide piece covers three stairs. So the concept is you're stuck inside because of quarantine, so you can make your slide your stairs into a slide. 
Because your parents like me can do it. These aren't paying attention to you because they have to work. My brothers and sisters love three slides, but I'm much braver. But this big baby won't even go down four slides. Do it, Mom! <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. I'm no lawyer, so legally I can't see it's more safe than any other way. This is the best part. But it's definitely safer than other ways. I've slided down the stairs. <laughs> what? This product is never coming out, bro. It's so light, wow. I can pick myself. Ah, so you can pick up that big slide, but you can't pick up the toys, huh? But those are so heavy. And all this slide fits into a space this big, like those folding chairs. But this is way more fun than folding chairs. <laughs> you probably won't even have to buy this many, but you should. <laughs> but you should. All of them. I bought all the stair slides. Whee! You know, I'd be angry, but each time he gets out the stair slide, I know that's two hours of me time I get back. <sighs> Stairs. I can see this being fun for two minutes. For you. Turn your stairs into a slide. Stairs slide. <laughs> wow. My favorite part of that commercial is the middle. <laughs> He's like, I can't wow. legally say it's safer, but it's safer than other ways I slide down the stairs. <laughs> what I'm other ways? <laughs> I am going to give that a like. Uh, comments are turned off for some motivation. <laughs> It's so fun. Like, what are the? Explain the other ways you've slid downstairs. You mean on your face or rolling <laughs> and breaking your neck at the bottom? Like what? <laughs> Stair slide. Or yeah. le like jackass when they did it with like a a sled, like a you know what I mean? They go downstairs on a sled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely safer than that, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Okay, uh, I'm tired, you're tired, oh, we're yeah. all, all tired, uh, it's hot, and it's cold, and it's yes, and it's your, no, goodbye from Norway. Goodbye from the US. Bye! Goodbye. Goodbye, citizen.